Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Caleb Stroop, who is the president and CEO of Headwater Gold, a junior miner exploring for high-grade precious metals in Nevada and Idaho in the US. Um, Caleb is a geologist by background um, and has worked in gold and base metals exploration. Um, And he's here today to give us an overview of Headwater Gold, uh, what they've been up to, and I suppose what the future holds for them. So that's welcome, Caleb, to the to the podcast. How are you doing, Caleb? Good. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. And yourself. Appreciate your time. I know you're um, pretty busy at the moment. You're heading off to uh, Beaver Creek um, shortly. So um, just wondered if you can give us an overview of your, your career, your background, um, sort of how, how you got into geology um, and a little bit about your, your career so the audience knows a little bit about, about your background. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm originally from a very small town in southern Minnesota, farm country, uh, uh, right along the uh, Minnesota-Iowa border. Uh, I went to a a state school in Minnesota, and that's where I sort of discovered uh, geology as something that uh, I enjoyed, was very interested in, and uh, was was pretty good at, and didn't really know what I was going to do with it uh, originally. There wasn't a big emphasis on economic geology at that school, uh, but fortunately, I chose to go on to graduate school uh, in Idaho, at Idaho State University, and was actually immediately uh, introduced to the concept of exploration. And this was at a good time around, you know, uh, 2004. When things were starting to take back off, and in the in the economic geology side, especially with uh, junior booms in Alaska and Nevada and places like that, and and so I got a uh, a summer gig while I was at graduate school uh, in Alaska working for Nova Gold, and that's when I I sort of instantly caught the exploration bug and uh, knew that was going to be something that uh, I was going to make a career out of. And kind of rearranged my my graduate studies appropriately, and uh, yeah, ended up working in Alaska uh, with Nova Gold and a few spinouts that came out of Nova Gold uh, through the late two thousands. And uh, you know, as is the case, bounced around in the junior world a little bit. There did some, spent some time um, in geothermal exploration in Nevada, uh, Central America. Uh, and elsewhere in the late 2000s, um, back to Alaska for a couple of years, uh, 2011-12. And then I worked for uh, Kinross Gold in Nevada. I got a job in Nevada. I was living in Nevada this whole time, but but commuting. Uh, and I, I was offered a good position with Kinross on the generative exploration side uh, in, in my you know the town that I lived in. And it worked out great for me. So we, uh, so I did that for uh, six or seven years, and then caught, uh, you know, kind of the uh, early winds of a maybe a, a junior boom coming in 2018, 17, 18. Thought there was something brewing, 
and didn't want to sit out uh, a boom working for a major. And together with a, uh, a former colleague at Kinross who had left a, a little bit before me, uh, came up with the concept of, of Headwater Gold, uh, looking for high-grade epithermal veins in the Western U.S., and that's really how we we structured Headwater from the beginning, spun that up, and that's been uh, my my sole focus ever ever since. Uh, seems it's uh, almost four years now, but time flies. Yeah, it certainly does. So, I just wanted to just tell us a little bit about Headwater um, Gold, and you know, obviously in in terms of you've obviously been there four years and started up the company. Just wanted to just tell us a little bit about that uh, journey. Yeah, so. Uh, as I said, we were we, we, we kind of set it up specifically to target a concept, uh, exploring for high-grade epithermal veins in the Western U.S. The idea was that uh, although it's a very mature area from an exploration standpoint, uh, with this specific deposit type, we thought that there were still a lot of opportunities out there because uh, uh, a lot of the previous exploration in the area was done in the 80s and in 90s and was for the most part generally targeting bulk mineable open pit type shallow uh, gold deposits so a typical case would be you know if you have uh, there's a large alteration footprint uh clearly epithermal in character uh it, it was certainly recognized in a place like this in nevada previously but most of the drilling or perhaps all the drilling uh back back in those days would have been grid type RC drilling, vertical RC holes down to say 100 meters or 150 meters. Those were the depths that were economic to mine, uh, you know, in an open pit scenario, uh, you know, with typical grades back then. And so they didn't bother drilling much deeper than that. Uh, but the, the key point is, uh, now, after you know uh, many many years of academic and industry work on this deposit type, it's widely understood that the the, the target horizon for high grade epithermal veins is actually deeper than that, and therefore a lot of these things weren't uh, ultimately weren't drilled, weren't tested uh, down to those depths. So that is the thesis we we, we hit the ground with headwater uh, with and went out privately. We spent about two and a half years as a private company, uh, quietly assembling a portfolio of properties in the background, uh, mostly, almost exclusively at that time, uh, through uh, generative work and claim staking. So the properties were 100% owned and totally royalty-free, which again is a, uh, a pretty rare thing in Nevada. And that was part of the business model. Uh, Nevada especially is well known for complicated joint venture deals and you know uh, layered royalties and uh, you know legacy deals uh that can always come back and bite you um one of the beauties of this business model was we were avoiding that altogether focusing on generating new new projects from scratch uh that didn't have any of that baggage and have a lot of optionality uh you know whichever Whichever way you want to go with a particular project, you have a lot of optionality. Um, and so that was uh, all, all of those things and in, in, in several other factors are kind of what steered us in that that direction for a business model. But uh, and not the least of which the is that these deposit types in particular tend to be among the highest grade and highest margin uh, vein deposits in the world. And so uh, in the last you know few years, 
uh, you kind of saw two camps, people uh, in, in terms of junior companies, people looking to uh, assemble resource bases uh, without much concern for quality necessarily, looking to add ounces, uh, just you know, f- almost for the sake of adding ounces, uh, and people who chose to focus on uh, high-grade, high-quality, uh, high-margin stories. And I think, you know, the, the, the latter have been more successful. Uh, you know, the, the Great Bear, Newfound Gold, that, that, that type of, uh, uh, of exploration has definitely outperformed the other, I think. So that was along the lines that we were thinking of initially as well. High grade, good jurisdiction, technical team. Uh, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, for those that are less technical uh, than obviously yourself, what's so special about Epithermal? Um, and also, I suppose, what, what sets your company apart from other junior miners working in the area or even working across across the space? Well, I mean, the, as I just said, the beauty, I think, of these epithermal veins is the grade. Uh, it's a grade. You can pack a lot of ounces in a small area. Uh, you know, the, the examples we're looking at, looking for are analogs like uh, the, the Midas deposit in Nevada, uh, where they mined about 4 million tons uh, at about an ounce per ton for 4 million gold equivalent ounces, give or take. Uh, and that, you know, that, that's not a lot of rock <laughs> for 4 million tons, but it's a tremendous amount of value. Uh, and so the margins really are the thing that, uh, you know, everybody gets excited about, uh, both, you know, mid-tiers and majors and juniors all like. So, these things are, are are really, you know, in a league of their own uh, when it comes to the grade and the margins. That's the that's the big thing. Now they can be hard to find because they're small, uh, and that's where the technical side comes in. And I mean, our philosophy is to absolutely, uh, you know, have very specific, very technical criteria that we look for when prioritizing different projects. But at the same time. You got to recognize, or at least I think you got to recognize that we, we can't possibly know everything. We can try our best to prioritize these uh, and predict where the the high grade gold should be, uh, but ultimately there's only one way to find out if it's there, and that's with a drill bit. And that's what you got to do. You got to do that early. And I think a lot of our success thus far has been because we didn't over. I mean, we, we took a technical approach, but we didn't overthink it. We didn't, uh, all, you know, some people always, oh, well, there's one more geophysical survey we can do or one more, you know, uh, geochemical program we can throw at this. Uh, and in my experience, once you get to a point where you're comfortable enough that the target's more or less here, uh, no matter what we do, it's not going to change how we drill this. We need to drill the holes right away and see if it's there. And if it's not there, you got to be prepared to walk away. Uh, again, as geologists, we're very good at constantly uh, changing the model a little bit. Well, actually, now in light of this new stuff, we can. We, there's an even better target over here, and you got to be very careful doing that. You can always uh, reinterpret results in a favorable way, but uh, my view and our view, especially, is the best way to add value on a per share basis for a junior company is to make a new discovery and grow it as rapidly as possible. And it doesn't do anybody any good uh, to keep retreading uh, projects that are underperforming. 
And so we'll, we're not afraid to, to walk away and punt projects out of the way, uh, constantly upgrading the portfolio. What are the primary reasons why someone should consider investing in uh, Headwater Gold? Well, I mean, I think so. We've just kind of talked a little bit about the background and the strategy so far, but there's a there's a uh, a big story, or much bigger story uh, in terms of what we've accomplished in the last uh, just over a year since we've listed the company publicly uh, and uh, really got off to the races drilling uh, a bunch of projects. So, as a bit of background, there we 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 spent, as I said, about two and a half years as a private co putting together uh, the portfolio projects in Nevada and an, a, an additional epithermal belt along the Oregon-Idaho border, which we think is a, an emerging belt that deserves a lot of attention. Uh, but we put that portfolio together, uh, then listed the company uh, in June of 2021 and immediately began drilling. We drilled four projects in sequence right out of the gates and had very good success on two of those. Uh, and, and, you know, another technical success and a third, I, I would say. Um, but the two that we had success on were our Katy project, where our first hole drilled about 15 meters of five grams, um, including uh, just under two meters of 23.6 grams. Uh, this is the high grade uh, feeder type structures that we're targeting. Uh, so it's an excellent proof of concept when your first hole into a project like that uh you know it is successful in that way it means our model uh it appears to be working so uh that was great and then a, a, another project that we had great success on in nevada was uh our spring peak project in western nevada uh we drilled a, a limited program again there five holes uh testing a specific thesis nobody ever drilled underneath this uh into this what where we projected the boiling zone about 150 meters and four of the five holes that we drilled down to that depth uh, hit substantial gold grades the best hole was 38 meters of a gram with a higher grade cord to it and uh that's a uh you know grade and width that you need to pay attention to in nevada for sure so we view that as great success um that was all happening unfortunately in the context of a rapidly declining junior market and uh although you know we we certainly have the ability to continue raising money the cost of capital uh, in terms of the dilution that we'd have to suffer to raise the money to advance those programs as rapidly as we wanted to uh was going to be prohibitive in our view so we began looking for alternative sources of capital and uh less dilutive ways to finance the company moving forward and ultimately uh came up with a really great option with the partnership with with newcrest that we just announced uh, a couple of weeks ago so this is now uh, uh, uh off the ground and up and running newcrest took a 9.9 percent interest in the company and entered into uh, four earning agreements on four of our projects, whereby they can earn up to 75% interest in, in, in projects individually by spending, or well, by producing a pre-feasibility study on a, a project, granting us a royalty on top of our carried 25% interest and spending significant amounts of, uh, of, of stage expenditures along the way. So, uh, in, including eight and a half million U.S. Uh, upfront guaranteed uh, in, in the next couple of years. So that really is a uh, a great deal for us in terms of uh, allowing us to advance multiple projects rapidly and keep our business model rolling. Well, we're not having to 
to raise the money in the markets and, and take the dilution that uh, a lot of our competitors are. We can hunker down and and keep everything everything rolling uh, just as we want and actually, in fact, scale up significantly uh, on the heels of this. So uh, I guess w- one way to look at the uh, in- investment case uh, is right now we're about a $12 million market cap with uh, about $2 million in the bank and about 11 million Canadian in firm commitments from, from Newcrest. So that puts us with an enterprise value of basically zero. And uh, I mean, I think just the pace of activity that we're gonna have in, in, the, in the, well, indefinitely in the next few years uh, on the heels of these deals, uh, I think will set us apart. And we're already getting, uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot more name recognition and our profile has significantly been raised just just from this deal, like, like I said, just it's, it's still uh, this is all kind of in play right now. We just announced that, and we're now on the road promoting it and getting the story out there. And um, so far, it's been very, very well received. So, so we'll see. I think that, that that really is the 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 case where you know this is an early story. We'll provide uh, carried exposure to a, a new crest size target uh, and very minimal downside because we don't have to uh, fight for our lives, raising money in the junior markets like like a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, how are you able to sort of uh, acquire such a large portfolio of high quality uh, projects? I know you mentioned there's a sort of criteria that needs to be met. Just wondering if you can just tell us a little bit more about that and what is the criteria? Yeah. So, so the, the, it kind of comes down to two things. Uh, Generating uh, ideas and property, uh, just property information and data in the Western U.S. is rather hard to come by. Unlike a lot of, you know, even third world mining jurisdictions, which have put a lot of effort at a government level into consolidating and compiling mining and exploration data. The U.S. doesn't really have uh, very many centralized organized repositories that have all of this prospect information and, and project information. So early on, we took that upon ourselves uh, uh, to, to build that. And that was part of that incubation period, as I mentioned, a couple of years as a private co in the background. Uh, we built well, perhaps you know one of the best uh, mineral databases in, that's ever existed for the Western US with a combination of publicly available and proprietary uh, data that uh, you know includes all manner of things from uh, traditional uh, geology, geochemistry, geophysics type of data to you know historic project reports and project data from from the 80s and 90s uh, and before uh, as well as you know uh, all the claim history, uh, permitting history, things like that um, you know uh, for basically the 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 entirety of the the exploration time frame in the western us dating back in some cases to the to the 1800s so that's now in in a proprietary centrally held geospatially linked database that we can use to filter down with our given criteria to generate a lot of ideas now those ideas then have to be uh prioritized on the ground you know, nine out of 10 of those things uh, aren't what we're looking for, uh, for one reason or another when we're on the ground. Um, but 
inevitably, there are a few opportunities there. And the things we look for, uh, without getting too technical, we look for sort of the right scale. It's got to have uh, an alteration footprint that can support uh, a large enough deposit to get a major interested. We recognize very clearly our role in this business is to find a new deposit that gets a miner excited enough uh, to want to buy it and mine it. Otherwise, what are we doing here? So that, that, that has to be right at the top of the list. Can this be something big enough? Uh, three kilometers, four kilometers and strike by, you know, one or two in width is kind of a, a, a minimum criteria there. It has to have all of the right geochemical characteristics and alteration characteristics to support our thesis that, you know, we're looking at the very top of an alteration cell. And when you test deeper, uh, and, you know, the most meaningful thing is that that Bonanza zone is preserved at depth and hasn't been tested at depth. So we need to uh, absolutely uh, see that in terms of the level of the system that we're, we're dealing with. Uh, the, the, the right part has to be preserved at depth and untested by drilling. And then it has to have enough structural control that we have can develop uh, relatively quickly and relatively uh, cheaply. Uh, structural vein targets uh, without, you know, spending millions and millions of dollars in pre-drilling work. We need to be able to go in there and and map out features and, and, and test structural targets. So that, that those really are the criteria that we've applied to, to the portfolio. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of work going through, you know, hundreds of, of potential project opportunities to filter down to, to 10. Um. Can you tell us um, about Head uh, Headwaters key success since listing? Obviously, you've only just uh, least, uh, recently listed. Just wonder how that journey's been since then. Yeah, well, that's the uh, you know, so the main highlights I would say are being able to come out of the shoots and execute those four drill programs. Uh, that was a big thing. We were able to raise four million dollars in advance of our listing. Uh, we then use that money uh, very aggressively out of the gates to test those targets. As I said, you got to drill the holes. Uh, and we were rewarded for that with a couple of new discoveries. And, uh, you know, that's that's sort of the, the second highlight is that we actually found something in those first programs. And, uh, you know, the other key success was being able to attract a, a, a high quality partner like Newcrest. Uh, to come in and significantly de-risk the overall story, uh, you know, mo moving forward for our shareholders. And lastly, um, just wonder what your plans are for the remainder of this year going into uh, 2023. Um, and also if there's anything else that you would like to add uh, that our audience um, would like to know. Yeah. So, uh we are right now spinning up a pretty aggressive drill program or series of drill programs on the four new Cressernan projects. Three of those looks like we'll see some drilling this year, including our Spring Peak project, which we're getting uh, mobilized basically right now to get a rig on uh, later this week, hopefully, if all goes well. And uh, more one or two more rigs to follow there through the fall. So we'll be very active. Uh, certainly at Spring Peak, following up on on those successes from our from last year's drill program, uh, and we're also 
at our Bytus North project, another project, I didn't mention this because we didn't drill it last year. Uh, we acquired it. We were able to identify and stake this uh, basically while we were listing. This was one that we were, were working on and staking. And that's not going to see a drill program probably before the end of the year because we're right now throwing about a million dollars worth of pre-drilling targeting work at this. It's a, This is a, a unique situation where it's a uh, a much, much larger alteration cell than is typical, which is good, but it also makes it a little bit difficult to cheaply and very quickly uh, prioritize drill targets because there's so many options. So that's one thing that's really great about uh, this Newcrest partnership is uh, they have the the willingness to spend a lot of money pre-drilling to make sure that our, our drill targets are as good as they possibly can be. Uh, sometimes you only get one shot at, at these things and uh, we want to make sure it counts. So, so that's going on right now. And there'll be a lot of uh, interesting technical uh, materials coming out uh, about the drill targeting process out there. And then there'll be a maiden drill program uh, sometime looks like in October. Uh, on our agate point project, which is a uh, uh, sort of a virgin epithermal cell that's never been tested at depth. And uh, these are things that get me really excited when you can drill the first holes underneath something and see what's down there. might not have a lot of gold at surface, but we don't really care. Our model doesn't predict that it should have, uh, uh, you know, ore grade gold at surface. Uh, we, we actually like that because it implies in many cases that the the gold is still preserved at depth below that's that's the model that we've been pursuing and uh, had success with and then we'll uh, also be drilling another project along the oregon idaho border uh the the mahogany project where we did drill last year and had some uh, uh some technical successes for sure uh but probably especially in light with our success at katy and spring peak wasn't something that made it to the top of our exploration, uh, you know, uh, prioritization process. So it's really great to have Newcrest willing to go in there and follow up on those results. And then on top of that, I haven't really talked about Katy at all, which was where we drilled 15 meters, five grams approximately last year. And that remains unfollowed up uh, because we've been busy putting this deal together with Newcrest. But that was one that we kept out of the earn-in uh, deal, and that's still 100% owned uh, headwater opportunity that we'll be advancing ourselves uh, self in self-funded exploration programs. So there'll be more to come uh, on our plans there and exactly what's going on. We've been busy uh, doing uh, uh, surface work out there with soil programs and mapping programs, uh, drone photogrammetry programs that have worked out really good for us. And um, we'll, we have, we'll have a much more refined uh, drill target model to, to work off of when we go back out there and drill this year to, with, with, with the goal uh, of adding scale. Obviously, we've got the grade, uh, but we need to offset this and, and try to add scale uh, over hundreds to, you know, even, even, you know, it looks like we're dealing with a kilometer plus alteration cell up there. Uh, so we want to prospect around and see how big this thing really can be. Yeah. Caleb, really appreciate your time in uh, give us an update on uh, Headwater Gold. Um, it looks like an exciting, uh, exciting uh, project that you're involved in. A lot of obviously drilling. Wish you well, and obviously the results that you uh, that you hope to obtain. Um, and perhaps you can come on the podcast in six months' time and give us an update and 
Um, hopefully, all the hopefully you uh, drill what what you expect and even more. So, um, really appreciate your time. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, if they want to know more about um, your future plans, how can they go about doing that? Are you across any sort of social media platforms? Yeah, so so we're active on you know, LinkedIn and Twitter, and uh, you know probably the best ways to reach out directly um, through our website info at Headwater Gold. That stuff comes right to me, don't, no secret. So uh, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely see it. And uh, yeah, no, pl- please do reach out if you have any questions and uh, on you know this stuff or any of the upcoming news. We'll have a, a lot of news flow, uh, obviously, as, as you mentioned there, uh, uh, as a result of these deals and all these drill programs. So. Stay tuned and reach out if anything catches your eye for sure. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything. Um, hope our audience enjoyed that. Obviously, uh, another company to to look at, look at their progress. Obviously, a great jurisdiction um, and unique as well as a company looking at epi- epithermal um, veins and projects. So, um, yeah, appreciate if you um, obviously can look up Caleb and, and obviously the company. And if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to him. I'll include the show notes, um, the, the contact details in the show notes so you can reach out reach out to him and the company if you've got any questions. Um, appreciate your continued support. Um, please share this episode amongst uh, others in the industry and also obviously um, people outside, outside of the mining industry who may be looking at alternative investments. Um, it's all, all, always good to um, see if you can put this in front of people outside of the mining industry, because I think we, the, the mining industry is is going to be going through a big, um, we're at the bottom of the life cycle, and I think we're going through, going to be uh, quite a few good years ahead of the, of the mining industry and sort of all the, all the commodities. So it'd be good to uh, put this episode in front of uh, those types of people. So hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.